0: Welcome to Disney Parks and Beyond, a Disney podcast about theme parks and all things Disney from the After Dark Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Disney Parks and Beyond. I'm Nick and on this episode I'm joined by the very best pools in the business. Mr. D. Mr. Mr.
2: Mr. 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 D. Mr. Hello. Hello.
1: MP dubs for Washington. Hello. You know what? I I did so well. I remember the name of the podcast. It was going fine. I was going to call myself um like a captain or an anchor of the ship that I'm trying to steer. Anchor. I definitely said anchor <laughs> Um and uh, and there you go. Blew it. Blew it, blew it, blew it. With a simple slip of the tongue. How are we doing, gents? Good. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Just waiting for further restrictions. Yeah. So yeah. we can counting which, down for now.
0: Which mine mine is coming in the next couple of days, I think. Are you you're you're tier three now, aren't you? No, we're still no, tier two, two, two at two. the moment, yeah. Oh. But they're they're having talks over the next couple of days.
1: Mm, tier two judgment day. Yeah. And Mr. D, you're in a tier one, aren't you?
2: Um yeah, I think so, yeah. Tier That's one the lowest one. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm checked the app to see for sure, but it was the last time I checked.
1: Ooh. Yeah, it's all, it's all weird at the moment. Like I work with um, a lot of people in America and everyone I'm speaking to is like, it's getting worse here. I was speaking to someone today in New York. She's like, yeah, it's getting really bad here, but we can't do anything because there's an election coming up. Mm. So they can't, they they literally can't do anything anyway until that election's over. So expect from the 3rd of November onwards for uh, for everything for to lock down. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, it just, they can't, they can't do it before. You know, and let's be honest, like, Trump's not exactly going to turn around and say, well, I could save a load of people's lives. <laughs> or I could win the election. Exactly. So, <laughs> bless his cotton socks. Um, right, before we get on to the normal stuff, we better go and find out what everybody's drinking. So, Mr. D, what are you drinking?
2: So, I've got something quite different this week. Ooh. I went on holiday uh, last week, as you know. Yes. And there was a local shop that sold all sorts of stuff, and I bought some interesting Did they let you in gin- yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, I had a mask not
1: You're not, a, you're not a local person.
2: No, but, you know, it's a tourist trade, isn't it? A desperate thing. Ah, you know? Yeah. Money talks, Nick.
1: Yeah, true, true, and, true.
2: Um, so I went in there and I bought, I bought some nice, interesting gin, but that's not what I'm drinking. I'm actually drinking some mead, would you believe? And it was because you... I spotted this mead from Moniac Wineries, which is up in Scotland. And a long, long time ago, we holidayed in Inverness, and it was literally like 200 yards from Moniac Wineries. And I bought some way back then, and I spotted it in this little shop in Dorset, and I bought myself a bottle of Moniac Mead.
1: I mean, you couldn't yes. get any further away, could
2: you? No, no. It's, Where uh, it was made on one you bought you with from. the other. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, when you said mead, I thought you were challenging, um, channeling, not challenging, mm-hmm. channeling uh, the original, Paul. Mr. the boniface he was a meat mm. drinker wasn't
2: he yeah he was wasn't he? that's yeah. right i've forgotten that
1: he's made um honey wine is that
2: it it is it's it's honey yeah it's fermented honey basically so it's very very mm. sweet uh it's about like 15 proof yeah but it's, it goes down quite smoothly it's very nice mm. very good yeah
1: um p-dubs what's he drinking
0: I am not drinking tea.
1: Oh, don't actually, make me look like an idiot.
0: I'm actually on the coffee tonight. Um, I've got a Beanie's Irish Cream Coffee.
2: Oh, the one I've got, Shanid. I know.
1: I know. Should have an opinion on that. Yes. Well, it's. I mean, it's not proper Irish. No, it's not coffee, is it? Because there's no no, uh, no Beanie's no, or anything in there's it. There's not or, or whiskey. Um, I I've had a couple of those those Beanie's. Um, i got a chocolate orange i think a few yeah. years ago but i didn't i didn't think it it tasted very strong it smelled really good yeah. but i didn't find the taste was that strong what's that it, like
0: this one's not particularly strong either i don't think there's a few that are the the chocolate mint is quite nice we've got a Ooh. these are like in little, the little one serving sachets um, yeah that um, came in a box, it was a variety box, but we've also got a jar of uh, pumpkin spice out there, which is actually really nice. Mm. That's got a proper nice twang to it. But yeah, this one's not overly strong.
1: Much like yourself. Um, I uh, I saw today, actually, when I was in the supermarket, pumpkin spice bagels. All
2: oh, right. right, okay.
1: I just thought, uh, what... I mean, I don't really think pumpkin spice is a proper flavor, anyway, is it? I
2: think it's made up. Huh? I think it's made up and not some sort of marketing Halloween connection. Yeah, I mean,
1: officially, like if you look at the recipe for the Starbucks one, it doesn't have any pumpkin in it, anyway.
2: Mm.
1: So I, I i don't I don't really get it. It's like cloves and uh, nutmeg and, and stuff like that. So when I just I don't know. I suppose like you get cinnamon bagels, don't you? Cinnamon and raisin yeah. bagels, but you know, actually, is a question, right? Before we get onto the main show, right? Cinnamon and raisin bagels, we really like them. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: what do you put on them?
2: Uh, peanut butter and jam. That's what we have. That's I do... like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but it's a bagel.
1: Yeah, I've I've I put peanut butter on mine before.
2: I have mm-hmm. done that.
1: And I do think it's quite nice. But like I I, I wouldn't put butter on it.
2: No. That's why I, I don't well, of, I don't have butter anyway. Or mulch. On
1: anything. No, well, we don't we don't really have uh butter anymore either. We've gone plant, but yeah. yeah. Peter, what would you put on your cinnamon and raisin bagel?
0: I'd probably agree, I'd probably go though I can't eat peanuts anyway, but I would agree that peanut butter and jelly is probably your best option. With it being sweet and savoury, it's kind of balances it out, doesn't it?
1: Someone someone what? suggested to me cream cheese.
0: Now see, I put cream cheese on normal bagels, but not I wouldn't put it on something that's sweet like that.
2: No. Yeah. What about almond butter? Because that's kind of like peanut butter, but that would that that wouldn't that wouldn't trouble you, would it? No. From an allergy point of view? It's no. Pretty good. tastes like peanut
1: butter. Yeah, I like almond butter.
2: I'm switching back to tea again while we're on the subject, but I've been trying to get some of that toast and jam-flavoured Yorkshire tea.
1: Mm.
2: But I haven't been able to find it yet. Uh, it's definitely an Asda. Right. Yeah, we haven't got an Asda anywhere near us. Oh, uh,
1: so that's where you're going wrong.
2: That's yeah. where
1: you're going wrong. Um, I don't know about other supermarkets. I think Craig got his from Asda. Of course, other supermarket chains are available. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, we've we talked before on this podcast about... Um, a biscuit-flavoured tea by Yorkshire Tea. They have just released uh, toast and jam-flavoured tea bags. So, yeah, they're they're there. If you're an American listener, which I I think about 85% of our audience are, um, get in touch. We'll send you some tea bags when we find them, if you want them. Yeah.
0: Um, good.
1: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Or if any of our British
0: listeners find them first, send them to Mr. D.
1: Yeah, Craig will listen to this episode tomorrow and he'll he'll throw them down your way, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, no doubt in my mind. Um, right, let's go into our first segment then and let's have a look at what is going on in the parks.
0: Let's get down to business to start planning that Disney trip. I'm Wendy Prater and Magical Journeys Travel here, proud sponsor of the Disney Parks and Beyond podcast, I specialize in all things Disney, Universal, and all major cruise lines. Disney cruises are spectacular, but you've got to book early to get the best pricing and stateroom selection. I offer generous onboard credits and take care of all your planning. Interested in Disney World, Disneyland, or Disneyland Paris, I can help with every bit of the planning process, including dining and fast passes. Find me on the Twitters at WP Magic Journeys or email me at Wendy Prater at magicaljourneystravel.com. I make the plans, you make the memories.
1: So where do we want to start? Who wants to start? Anybody uh, want to start? We'll
0: quite happily take the first bit of bad news. <laughs> because that's what it's all gonna be I'm afraid
2: yeah uh, this is why the I'm beginning's find, been so I'm jolly did, um, I'm gonna find some good news
0: <laughs> so while everybody's been waiting um, a decision's finally been made on Disneyland and when it will be allowed to reopen um, no time soon I'm afraid um, while California currently sits in the red zone and um, Smaller theme parks will be allowed to reopen once they get into an area that is moderate. Um, and this will be limited to capacity of 25% or 500 people, whichever wow. is fewer. Um, may only open outdoor attractions and ticket sales limited to visitors in the same county. Um, if you're looking for Universal Studios Hollywood or Disneyland or probably Knott's Berry Farm as well, I would imagine will come under this. Yeah. um all theme parks may resume operations in tier 4 so when they become yellow or minimal um again Didn't it count. will be it will be limited to 25% and all theme parks must implement reservation system and screen guests for symptoms in advance and face coverings mandatory throughout the park unless eating or drinking so i'm afraid we're probably not going to see those parks open this year Ooh.
1: And that's the show, guys. Bye. Bye. Um, man, that is that is depressing. I mean, that was news that that came out today.
0: Yeah, it literally so, in the last couple of hours.
1: Yeah. So I I was just uh, I had I had the article open, but um, yeah, I'm happy you led with it. Um, wow. Um, yeah, I've got the I've got the statement here from uh, Ken Potrock. Oh, Which God sounds... Well, Ken Potrock sounds like a character from The Flintstones, doesn't he? Yeah. He sounds like Fred's new boss. That's Barney's cousin. Yeah. Um, so the statement is this. I'll read it verbatim. Um, we have proven that we can responsibly reopen with science-based health and safety protocols strictly enforced at our theme park properties around the world. Nevertheless, the state of California continues to ignore this fact. Instead mandating arbitrary guidelines that in knows are unworkable, and holders will stand standard vastly different from other reopened businesses and state operated facilities. Together with our labor unions, we want to get people back to work. But these state guidelines will keep us shutting shuttered for the foreseeable future, forcing thousands more people out of work, leading to the inevitable closure of small family-owned businesses and irreparably devastating the Anaheim slash Southern California community ouch do you ouch, want some yeah. cream for those burns um mm-hmm. I mean that's that's damning. Um, yeah. i I think what's what is interesting about this and we've talked before about the fact that the, the kind of uh local kind of government within California and Disney do not have a particularly good relationship certainly not like uh, we've seen in the past with other administrations. This really sums it up, and um, I think it's uh, it will be quite devastating. I mean, uh, as much as we were on here just a few weeks ago talking about the fact that you know it's how awful it was that Disney, the size of the company of Disney, uh, is laying off so many members of staff. As you said, B-Dubs, like we are looking at a park that is very, very unlikely to open now until yeah. sometime next year. And and at what time next year? Are we talking spring? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think until there's a vaccine, um, which, you know, they think could be sooner or later, but I, I think until no. we've got that,
2: just... Not, I'll believe that when I see
1: it. Well, yes, were not we all?
2: We've already had Sputnik. I mean, what the hell happened to that? I don't don't hear any good news coming out of Russia, you know? Was it Sputnik? That's what they called it, wasn't it? Yeah. <sighs> what happened to the what happened to the the governor's team that was going to visit Walt Disney World? I was World going to mention parks?
0: that as well, because it just it, it seems like it's made absolutely no difference.
2: So that's already happened, has it? I, knew it I would anything, imagine it but, has.
0: I would right. imagine they'd probably done it before it was even announced that right. they were doing it. I would imagine they already had people out there mm-hmm. previous to that.
1: Well, um, there's another article. So this is the one um, before we before we started recording. I gasped as I saw the headline for it. Um, so this is a report from the OC Register, which uh, I think is a publication, um, which uh, says the Disney the Disneyland Resort has lost an estimated two point two billion dollars in revenue during the two hundred and sixteen day closure of disney's anaheim theme parks um and that's actually according to moffat nathanson the founding partner michael nathanson i don't know what that means oh hang on according to moffat nathanson founding partner michael naverson right i read it in the i interviewed
0: michael nathanson he was in the punisher
1: oh there you go (laughs) the same one
0: i'm guessing not but
1: no um they get this message number from the 2019 numbers. The Disneyland Resort generated an estimated 3.8 billion or 10.4 million dollars in daily revenue last year. So you're um, gonna be
0: looking at two and a half billion dollars lost.
1: Well, they're looking that, that, that they're saying that's what it's lost during the 216 days it's been closed.
2: Jesus.
1: So that's not that's how much they've lost. We think they've, they're they're going to have lost uh, when they get to reopen. This is what they've lost up until now. I mean, it is it is huge sums. I mean, any other any other theme park would have closed by now. Like, I, I mean, you know, would have shut down. Would not be planning to reopen. Um, I mean, there is no way Disneyland will, will not reopen. No. They they can't. They literally cannot do that. But you know, how long do Universal give it? You know, at the end of the day, the, the theme park arm, as, as profitable and popular as it is, um, it's it's not the be all and end all. No. Universal could quite easily close down the theme park if they wanted to and keep the studios.
0: Yeah.
1: When stuff gets back up and running you know, the theme park is a byproduct of the studios. There's got to be a point when they just say no more. Yeah. But these
2: losses, I mean, they, they show how profitable the parks are. So it's a, you know, it's a money-making machine mm. so long as we can get back to something like normality, which which we will at some point, right? It, it might not be soon. It might be another year, two years, whatever. You know, the Spanish flu, I think, best part of two years I think to burn itself out. I'm not I'd love to see a vaccine, but I'm not pinning any hopes on it. I think I think it's gonna work its way through the population and um and that's gonna be the end of it. But um the problem comes
1: the the problem comes with everything, which is when it mutates. Yeah. Which is what they think is already happening now. So you know there's already been reports of people getting it twice. Now, I, I, I don't know how reliable that is, because let's be honest, if you're talking about people that had it very early on when testing wasn't prevalent, do we know for sure? Um, but, you know, how many, how many waves are we going to see? How many times is it going to change? Is it going to weaken? Um, you'd like yeah. to think it will do. Um, but, you know, it, it is crazy. Um, it also goes on to say that... Um, the losses extend beyond the property, which, you know, let's, let's bear in mind, we're not talking just the theme parks here. We are talking uh, the hotels on site as well. We're talking oh, yeah. uh, to a lesser extent downtown uh, Disney because obviously that has reopened, but mm. not in the in the full way. Um, but they estimate that Disneyland brings in $8.5 billion annually to Southern California's economy. So all of that kind of put together, looking at a loss of 23 million a day or 5 billion in total yeah. so that's across Disney and the state of California. So, I mean, it is... Are they, are they playing it too safe?
0: I think, think, think they are. I, Walt Disney World and Universal in Orlando have proven that it can be done and it hasn't caused a massive issue.
1: What a Disney they, parks around the ma- world? Yes. yes. You know, we've we've got one park left to open.
0: Yeah. It's it is it's it's bad. You you've got to say it is due to a lack of relationship between Disney and the Californian government.
1: It's not just Disney, this is affecting. You know, it's as not. you said, Knott's Berry, um, Universal, it's affecting them as well. Um but at what point do the job losses get too much that the, the, the local economy gets damaged so much?
0: Yeah. And Knots and is, is partially open in the sense that they're allowing people into the park. They've got food festivals and things going on inside the park. The attractions aren't running, but the park is partially opened. Whereas Disneyland, they've let them open downtown Disney because they're shops. So they're under the rule. They couldn't, couldn't block shops being open.
1: So, in theory, then, they could be doing food and wine festival yeah. at Disneyland. But it
0: seems like they just are not allowing them to open at all.
1: Hmm. That is very strange. But it's not good news. No. It's not good news. And, and I don't really know what else I can add to that. No. It's not good.
2: No. Now there was something about when it does open, there's a couple of shows that have been given final notice at Disneyland, isn't it? Frozen yeah. Live and is it Mickey's Magical... Mickey's
0: Map? Magical Map, yeah.
2: Map. That's gone yeah. as well,
0: which is a great show. And I'm absolutely gutted I never got to see it live.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So they're already yeah. kind of calling time on us. Yeah. Which is sad.
1: Well, the other thing as well... Is um, to, to kind of just finish off on this trifecta of news about Disneyland, mm-hmm. is um, that the, the ta- looks like they're targeting uh, cast members from Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland,
0: it is probably the most populated cast member area, I would say, with all the various shops, restaurants, rides we know there's God knows how many people in those attractions running them mm. with various offshoots, certainly with, um, smugglers run when you consider how many offshoots there are to that ride that you have to have one or two members of staff on each, each bit. There is a lot of people in that area, a lot mm. of cast members. So it's, it's not a surprise that that's the first place they target.
1: So there's a bit more to the story. Um, so it's, it's really kind of focused on cast members that transferred from One Park to Galaxy's Edge. So because because of them applying for this and, and and going to work over there, it says those who transferred to Galaxy's Edge lost their scheduling seniority because Disneyland and Disney California Adventure are their own separate union contracts. Yeah. Um, so... It, Teams as local four nine five is 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 what this is about. Um, it's said previously said that among the cast members represented by the union, nearly two thousand cast members across Disneyland and Disney California Adventure will be laid off. But it's now been revealed that those who transferred to Disneyland from DCA to work at Galaxy's Edge are losing their jobs. So it sounds like That's it sounds a bit harsh, and it? it sounds really fishy because you would you would have thought. And I mean, obviously, I, I can't talk about how contracts are done in the states. Don't I don't know. You know, I've got I work for people in the US, but I've got UK contracts. But you would have thought if you are moving from one role to another role within the same organisation, in the same area, in the same parks, mm. that you know everything would stay the same. But it looks like you basically gave up your rights when you move to to galaxy's
2: edge It just seems, that seems very strange yeah. go off world
1: oh
2: yeah of course yeah it's an expat assignment
1: yeah, yeah you've gone to a galaxy far far away mm.
2: ah, dear, 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 dear. that's and pretty it was- tough, though. Isn't it? i mean if you've you know if you've accepted a role and you think oh great nice you new know, exciting role you know and uh, you've got a lot of your service and you go across there and now people who are being kept have been there less than you, you know, less time than you. That's that's pretty hard. Yeah,
1: but it then again, really seem fair. Saying that though, you know, when when did we first have unions? Because not only is it in a galaxy far, far away, but it was also a long, long time ago. Maybe there weren't unions. Could be. Yeah, but no, it's Makes it's it's awful. Um, the whole thing's awful. But yeah, I think that is is. Bad. That's pretty bad.
2: Um,
1: Mr. D, did you have anything you wanted to do bring to the table?
2: Uh well we kind of touched on the twenty-five percent capacity thing, which Chipek last week kind of spilled the beans on that. So that, that does seem to be where things are running. Um and then he's got a he's got a virtual investors day coming up on the tenth of December. Don't know if you guys clocked that. So it'll be interesting to see if anything comes out of that, any any news comes out of that. Um, I guess everything being being done virtually now. And then the other thing that I saw, this is in Walt Disney World for sure, I'm assuming it's in Disneyland as well, but well, it isn't in Disneyland because Disneyland's shut, but I'm assuming it's in the other part. Yeah. But, um, you know, them, the, the, them tightening up on the mask policy, at WDW. And so they've now got signs saying that you've got to wear the masks properly. And if you don't, you know, you'll be asked to leave, no exceptions. And that includes people who say that they can't wear a mask, as far mm. as I'm as I'm aware. So basically there's no exceptions for any conditions. Um, and none of this wearing the mask, so it's under your nose and that sort of thing. So they're really kind of tightening up on that on the mass policy, which is good, I think. If you're gonna do it, do it right, you know. Don't put everybody through that hassle and misery and then and then do it half-assed. So you know, I'm kind of supportive of that.
1: It's a, it's a tough one. And the only reason I say that is because um you know one one thing that Disney shouldn't really do is is discriminate, which potentially they are. I mean, this to me sounds like this could be the start of lawsuits. Do you know what I mean?
2: I suppose you've got to say, I, I know what you mean, but if, it so, um I don't know how, how best to, to say this really, but, you know, when it comes to people's lives, you don't have to go to a theme park, right? So if you, if you can't or don't want to wear a mask, you don't have to go to a theme park. It's not life and death to go to a theme park.
1: No, it's but not. It, but
2: it could be for somebody that you infect. So yeah. it's a, it's a tough one, but I I I support it really. I you know, I yeah. think it's. I mean, it'd be different if if it was like you know you've got to go to an emergency room or a you know a, a casualty room in a hospital. And for whatever reason, you know, if you've got asthma or whatever, you you can't wear a mask. But you have to go there because, you know, you've had an accident or or something. That that that's one thing, right? But you don't have to go to a theme park. It's 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 an entertainment thing. You can enjoy yourself in other ways. But if you're putting people's lives at risk because you can't or won't wear a mask for entertainment purposes, sorry, you know, I think I think that. You know the sword has got to come down somewhere. You know,
0: yeah. and surely so if they're if they're that sick in the first place that they can't wear a mask, going to a theme park is only going to make it worse. Yeah. why why would you put yourself in that position?
1: Yeah, I I I'm I'm with you, um, but you've only got to see the reaction to people. Um, oh,
2: I know. I know, you people know the number of people that you know
1: them. might you know their mental health depends on being able to go to Disney. A Disney park, you know, that kind of thing. Um, where mm-hmm. you do it. Like, for me and, and knowing what America's like, this just sounds like it's the potential for lawsuit city. Um Disneyland Paris, there is mask exemptions At currently. Uh, you know, again, who knows if that will change. Um, but you know, if you have certain conditions, um, you don't have to wear a mask. But I, I also, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. On on the flip side of that, because to me, you either go, or you're either all in or you're not. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming
0: Um, that's down to French law, whereas Walt Disney World can create their own laws.
1: They, they can't, they can't create their own laws. So, like you know, one of the things um, I remember learning about when it comes to disabilities is in america you can't ask for proof so if you went to disney and applied for a disabled access pass they are not allowed to ask you for proof of that they're not allowed to ask you what you've got wrong with you Mm. now that to me i think is ridiculous i don't agree with that at all i don't know why you can't disclose that information because all that to me all that suggests is that that's a system that's you know able to be abused and we know it has been if you think about all of those do you remember when um you had those uh tour guides mm-hmm, yeah um you know people offering tours and you know they would um you know offer tours by you know saying they're disabled and then getting front of line access and stuff like that um so it's a system open to abuse i mean when you go to Disneyland Paris you have to take evidence of your disability with you and they will give you a pass depending on, you know, what boxes you tick effectively. So we got one when my w- wife was pregnant. That was a temporary disabled pass because she had a temporary disability. Mm. If you've got a permanent disability, like my son has, um, then when you go, they will give you the uh, the green pass, which works in a different way to how the orange pass works. But you can't just go and say, my son's autistic. Therefore, mm-hmm. give them a pass. You know, when my when we got the um the disabled pass for my wife, she had to have her hospital papers with her. You know, those big books they give you <laughs> when you go to yeah. hospital. Um, like all your birthing plan and stuff. That was her evidence. That's what they asked her to take along. And they look at it and they go, Right, okay, we'll give you the pass. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but I do think that if you are that sick, where you cannot cannot wear a mask, should you really be there? So I do agree with that, but it's just how America works. That's that's the thing that troubles me about that. Is whilst I I, I do agree, I think it's not as clean cut. And I saw in a Facebook group uh, just yesterday someone um, sharing her pictures of a her recent trip to Disney World. And how proud she was that she um, got a picture at the side of the castle and she took a mask off for the picture. And it's very interesting how people view that. So most people were angry with her
2: mm-hmm.
1: because, you know, the rule is there for everybody.
2: Yeah.
1: And other people were like, well, yeah, but, you know, it's your magical time. You should be able to do this. But it's not up to you. If the rules are there that says you need to wear a mask unless you are eating or drinking. And you are sitting down, eating and drinking. Um, then, then that's it. Why? What makes you more special than everybody? Every other guest, every yeah, other guest would want to do what she did, yeah. but they respected the rules that were being
2: governed. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem, isn't it? If you, yeah, you know, you, it has to be one rule for everybody. Yeah, and I, I'm glad that they're. I'm glad that they're enforcing that. I think it's the right. That's the right thing to do. Whether some people will try and sue them for it yeah they probably will try but i would hope that and i'm sure that the lawyers have already given opinions on this so i'm I'm sure that disney feel they're on pretty safe ground but if the cdc are are putting out guidelines disney are probably going to be able to say well look we were just complying with the cdc guidelines that say people should be wearing masks and and that's it. We don't, and and we're not discriminating because we're saying everybody who can wear a mask can come in, or everybody who wants to wear a mask can come in. I mean, Which, to I, me, is I know it's tough for people, but I, I think it's tough for lots of people in lots of different ways right now. And this is one of the lesser toughs, you know, that you can't go to a theme park.
1: I think the thing that gets me with the whole mask debate just in general is the fact that We've seen other countries do this for years. You know, China, uh, Japan, you know, how often would you see pictures of people walking around wearing face masks? It's become like second nature. Now, some of that is because of air pollution, some of that is because of illness, whatever.
2: Culture as well, I think, from a Japanese point of view. I think there's a cultural element to it.
1: yeah, it's Yeah, it's it's become the norm.
2: Yeah, they don't use they don't the handkerchiefs in Japan are a, a no-no, They're, and and so you if you have a cold, then your choice is either to sniff or to let it run. Oh, wipe on your sleeve. Yeah, handkerchiefs are seen as, as, I believe, I'm not an expert, but I believe that handkerchiefs are seen as as dirty things. They don't they don't go for them. So there's a cultural element there. I think.
1: To be fair, they are disgusting things. Um. But the way some people react to it is is just just baffles me. um you know, when you hear people say the face muzzles um you' called a sheet for wearing them it it just it kind of just baffles me. But the one thing I will say to people is that not all masks are the same. Some are better than others, some are uh, easier to. Uh, or more comfortable to wear for longer periods of time i don't want to say hard to breathe because i don't i've never encountered a mask that's hard to breathe in i don't i don't get that but there are certainly some that i can wear um for hours and others that start to aggravate me after about half an hour so like play around with things guys that's my advice on masks. Not every mask fits. Um, I mean, they, they most literally do fit, but I mean, you. Um, so don't be silly, wear a mask. The quicker we all do this, the quicker we'll be out of it, right? Good. Uh, ups. anything from you?
0: Yeah, let's make Nick cry. That's oh, that's my next one. Um, Tron Light Cycle. Um, <laughs> is coming to a grinding halt. Um, it was meant to be open for next year's fiftieth anniversary. Not going to happen. Um, it sounds like currently they're building the the sections of the track that have the enclosed sections, and work will stop once that is done. Um, the rumor was that they were struggling to get parts. Um, it's now believed that most of the workers have been let go of, um, and won't be back working on it until at least next year. Um, so, don't have any hope of riding the Tron attraction for the fiftieth anniversary.
1: Don't worry, wasn't going to.
0: I was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. See, this thing does does bother me. I mean, look, I'm still of the, I'm still of the, the thought that I don't understand why this ride's been made you know how much I love Tron and you know how much I'm going to love this coaster. Um, I'm just still gobsmacked. They're actually going through with it. But um, I think it was inevitable. If I'm honest, that we we're going to see some delays. We've already seen Ratatouille held off. We talked about before.
0: And that looks like that's getting even uh, an even bigger delay than we expected as well. That's not going to open until at least next fall.
1: Yeah. Which is madness because it's, it's pretty much done. Yeah. Well, so so you know, it was in the final stages. There was only a few months left to go on the project before it was going to open. So, yeah. you know, it must have been near to completion. Um, yeah. Very bizarre. Um, and also, Guardians obviously affected by this as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Um, I th- I don't know. Like a lot of people, um, you know, you've talked about the 50th anniversary uh, about about being there for then um ryan as well has, has made you know plans for that um to me i mean, I, I wanted to go to the 40th i wanted to go for the 40th anniversary and um we didn't because i just don't think i don't think we was in a, i think we were just buying our first place or we just bought our first place so money was a bit tight so we didn't and then i remember seeing the footage from it, and just thought, God, I'm glad we didn't go.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm horrendous. not going to be there on the exact day. I'm going to be there about three weeks afterwards. Yeah. Um. When hopefully it's died down a little bit, and uh, look, as long as we get some ent- new entertainment, a nighttime show, a nighttime parade, certainly I will be happy. I mm. don't expect. I don't go to a theme park expecting there to be a new ride every time I go.
1: Unless it's universal,
0: yeah. <laughs> With this, though, it's it's quite sad because it was meant to be there. It sat there. I can look at it, <laughs> can't go on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I, I get it. I get.
0: And it. I do. It it just amazes me that because they came out a couple of weeks ago and said, "Oh, these are our priorities," and you look at what their priorities are, and I'm like, no, you, it's that's wrong like they're prioritising the Star Wars hotel. And I'm like, oh, come on, it's limited.
1: I think the problem is, with the Star Wars hotel being, uh, you know, accelerated or whatever you want to call it, right, focused on, is that that is something that makes money. A new attraction in itself doesn't make money because it's, you know, it's factored into the cost of a park ticket and stuff the hotel would generate revenue, technically. Um, But it's not like they're building this Star Wars hotel because they haven't got enough rooms already.
0: Yeah. And, and at the moment struggling to fill them.
1: And it's niche.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, don't get me wrong, right? We, obviously, Star Wars is very, very popular, but I can't see myself staying there. No.
0: And not, the, not the, not the one attraction... The
1: it's just the whole yeah. thing just... Hmm. And the one attraction
0: that they're concentrating on is Mickey and Minnie's at Disneyland. Which Mm. I'm like, why? You've got a park that's celebrating a massive milestone and you're stopping work on those attractions yet concentrating on the park that's not open on an attraction that, come on, isn't overly popular. Mm. And it's being done because it's an easy clone.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, the work's
2: been done. The work's been done on it.
0: Yeah, is way behind Tron.
2: Yeah, but if they if they're at twenty five percent capacity and they're filling the parks at twenty five percent capacity, then was the incentive to spend more money on new attractions right now? I mean, the attractions are still going to be there for the future. They're going to be mothballed, but it, it, you know they're still going to get the, they're going to get the twenty five percent capacity filled without spending any more money on the parks that's what that's what that's telling me so why should they just park it for now and when it starts to look like the capacity is going to increase then restart those projects
1: so i mean it's it's to me if they announced tron was opening up in 2022 would it make me book a disney world trip no but if i was going to orlando let's say we did another weekender would i spend a day in the magic kingdom to go on tron yes i would yeah but no attraction is going to is going to drive anybody to go why i need to have a holiday now
2: yeah but here's the thing though Here's is an interesting thought right so you know they're delaying these big attractions, big you know big ticket attractions. They're delaying them fairly significantly, and you you could say yourself, well, why is that? You know, because if if in a year's time everything's getting back to normal, you know those those attractions aren't going to be ready, right, for for when things pick back up again. But here's the thought, right? There's loads of people that aren't gone or can't go to Walt Disney World right now. They know that when things open back up again, let's say there's a vaccine in 12 months' time or let's say that disease mutates and things relax and and all of a sudden you can go back to Walt Disney World in in big numbers, 50%, 75%, maybe even 100% if you are lucky. Think about that backlash of people that are going to rush to Walt Disney World without having any new attractions, right?
0: And it looking like a building site.
2: Well, yeah, I end up looking like a building site, but but they don't need those new attractions because when it opens back up again, they're going to have a wave of people that haven't been to Disney World for two or three or four years, or they've got young kids, you know, they were waiting until the kids got to a certain age so they could appreciate the theme parks, and now all of a sudden, for a year, two years, who knows what, they can't take those kids there, and then all of a sudden things open up again, it's going to be, right, we're going to walk Disney World next year. They're not going to go because of Tron or Ratatouille or anything. They're just going to go because things have got back to normal, and Disney know that, so they know they've got time to restart those projects again.
0: Yeah. As I said, my bigger problem with it is the the, the things that they've decided to carry on with that I don't think are worth it. Yeah.
1: No, but again, like so Star Star Wars Hotel, it's to, to us it's not worth it. But to Disney, that's a way of generating more money. And if they Next really think I
2: that's, think you're right.
1: Yeah. And I mean again, I don't think anyone's necessarily gonna plan going because they're opening up a Star Wars hotel as being like the first people to go to go and do it, but it will, you know, people will, you know, maybe were staying at uh, Coronado and have gone, well, actually, what I could do is I could spend five days at Pop and do a Star Wars experience rather than stay there. Now, I'm you know I'm not I'm not saying it's apples and oranges, right? Because it's it's not. We're talking about different things. But what I'm saying is, it, you know, it might change how people spend their money on that on that holiday. Yeah,
2: yeah. But it's incremental. A new attract,
1: a new attraction is not going to. you say saying the It's not every every person that had a holiday booked to Disney World this year in the UK and got their holiday cancelled. If they were told they could go the same time next year and when they go, there's no quarantine, that the, you know, the disease is practically wiped out, that everything's back to normal, they would be there in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. Not because, oh, and we've opened up Ratatouille. That is not going to be the thing that makes them go, oh, well, I was on the fence, but now they're opening Ratatouille. Well, I've got to go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're right. It, it's very nation nice in the fact that us fans would love to have those no attractions because we go on a regular basis. And, yeah, the general public won't notice it.
2: They if won't you, notice what's missing. If you think about that logic and, and think, take it a little bit further, actually, it's counterproductive, right? Because they're going to blow all the big news at a time when the people were going to come anyway.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? So you'd be better saving it until that wave's gone and, and things are starting to drop back to a kind of normal... And then, wham! You know, Guardians of the Galaxy, wham! Tron, you know, to keep things to keep things moving again.
0: Yeah, and I and I completely understand why they're continuing with the Avengers Campus. That makes complete sense. Yeah, because that is massive, and that will get people to go to California.
1: Right, and I was yeah. going to say, and that's the thing. Right, mm-hmm. as much as I love Tron, no one except me is going to change their plans because the Tron Coast has opened up. Um, I, I doubt anybody that loves the film Ratatouille is now desperate to go because there's an attraction being built in Epcot.
0: No,
1: right? Um, and even Star Wars fans—you've already got a land. You've already got yeah. a land. You've already done some of the attractions, but this hotel thing is is going to polarize people. Right? Not yeah. everyone is going to want to do it, and and also depending on cost, not everyone could afford to do it. No, but
2: but it'll be know, full. It, it'll be it'll be full. You know. Yeah. Because they they don't need everybody to like or everybody. They just need enough people. Exactly. And it's going to be fairly small.
1: And the thing is, you know, what is the hottest series of films in the world right now? Marvel. And you're opening up a Marvel land with various Marvel attractions and be able to meet the characters and it not be like Superhero Island.
0: Anything's better than
1: that. That is going to drag people there. So, I mean, it's. You know, what I'm saying is, is that it's not that any new attractions won't tempt people to go, but it's got to be the right thing. Like, it Galaxy's Edge dragged you and me to Disney World, right? And that was something completely different than one attraction. You know, and that is what I think the the difference is. And there's, there's people that I know that hadn't considered going to Disney Parks before, but because they announced it was a star wars land well now i've got to go or maybe they'd always put it off or i kind of yeah. you know i wouldn't mind going but and then but you it's add not really like my
0: thing yeah i yeah i get that i i've had friends that have gone oh i'd quite like to go to disney world but i'm not sure it's really my thing and then you then you go oh they're building a star wars land and everybody goes what yeah when can i get there
1: and, and also as well you know i know or i've, I've met so many people that hadn't read up on Disney World before or Disneyland and had gone there. And I'm like, oh, do you, do you know, there's a, a Twilight Zone attraction. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize there was one. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. people don't often research that much into it. You know, we are geeks for this. The reason we're yeah. sat here doing this for the last eight or nine years is because we love this stuff. And people like it. But. I'm not and we'll go once,
0: and then yeah. that that'll be enough for them. Yeah. yeah, no, I I completely get where you're coming from, and and yeah, as I said, it's it's very niche for people like us that will go. Well, there should have been that attraction there, but it's not. No. Whereas, not, as I saying, normal people will go. People that go once every ten years, or just once in general, will not even notice that they're not there. So yeah, I I get it. It's just annoying
1: for people like us <laughs> um so here's something um from uh, an unnamed member of the team let's let's say that because i don't know how this is going to go down but there is a rumor we don't delve into rumors too much but this one i thought was quite interesting so uh DVC has had layoffs hotel closures and staff furloughs but the rumour is that the DVC member dues will be the same. The Jews are calculated using Disney's cost. So if hotels are shut and staff are gone, why are the Jews the same? Now, none of us can answer that question. But it's interesting because we do obviously know a few people that do have DVC. And it's a little bit like, you know, like hearing that, it's a little bit like the situation with the annual passes. Where you obviously have had time added on to your annual pass expiry because the parts have been closed, but actually you're now not getting what you paid for. Mm. So I, I think it's I think it's interesting. And I mean I've, I've not looked into enough about DVC, but I know the thing that really um concerned me about it when talking with uh Mr. Ripley or other people that are DVC members are those dues you've got to pay every year you know because they can they can be quite pricey and they can fluctuate
0: yep they can charge whatever they feel like
1: so they can charge you I mean in a way I suppose is it is it much different than having a mortgage not except, really except except that a mortgage you can fix for a certain amount of time DVC you can't they can change it on a whim
0: yep and Obviously, once you've paid that mortgage, it's no longer yours for D- well, DVC. Well.
1: That is true. I'm not even a brick. Nope. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that is worrying. It'd be interesting. I, I don't know when, um, when that comes out. Is it November?
2: Uh,
0: their financial year ends in October. So, yes, I would imagine it will be November once they've calculated everything from what their costs were the previous year.
2: Any I mean, of the DVC resorts open at the minute?
0: Not that I know
2: of. For booking?
0: Uh, I believe DVC were the first things to open, hotel-wise at Walt Disney World. Mm. You could use your points. Um, Tim Track has been booking rooms at DVC mm. with points. Why has he uh, got
1: DVC? He hasn't. Oh, I was going to say, that's, that's the most be like yeah, bought. Friends have needed to
0: get rid of points. Yeah. So he's been using them. Um, they've stayed at three different places um, mm-hmm. since they reopened. Yeah, the DVC resorts at, at Walt Disney World are open. I don't believe Hilton Head and Vero Beach are open, or Alani. Alani's about to reopen, I believe.
2: Yeah. So why is the he, argument why is he
1: with DVC? Why would he stay on site? It's
0: Video content. Quite
2: yeah, I mean it's quite competitive. I mean we we have looked a couple of times at renting DVC points. And oh no, no, in...
1: I know. Yeah, I get that, Mister D, but he yeah. lives there. Yeah, that that's my point. If you live, I, mean, I ha, how far is he away? Twenty minutes, thirty minutes. Yeah, well, It's not, well, not
2: very far at all. Yeah, but they have done stays and different hotels on there. I mean, but that's like large, that's like P
1: Dubs. If he still lived in in his hometown that's like him booking a hotel to go to the harry potter studio tour yeah
2: yeah
1: makes no sense drive home it's,
2: it's half an occasion. hour it's the it's the, it's the thing this year
1: i know but yeah but you don't you don't staycation half an hour from where you live hmm. i didn't like i didn't book a hotel to south end
2: I'm just well, out mate, where you've I got lived. a youtube channel <laughs> content
1: well, I, for I, I, I do i just don't do much on it um
0: <laughs> yeah we're just rubbish yeah
1: yeah yeah I've been, I've, I've been toying with with ideas um yeah it's uh it's odd um there there is no justification for um though there, there being no reductions um except for disney to make money yeah
2: yeah, it's a bit like the park tickets. It's the same. It'll be the same argument, you know. If you can, that's why I asked if you can, if you can book and use your DBC points. Because if you can, then they will say, well, it still costs them the same to maintain and upkeep. But they those were, they were properties. obviously
0: closed for what, yeah. three, four months. Yeah, and especially for the people that have got points at Vero Beach and Hilton Head and Allana, where they haven't been open at all for six months.
2: Yeah. yeah, there should be something. I mean, even if it's just like. Rolling over your points more, I know you can roll them over. I think you can roll them like last year, this year, and next year. But you know, if they extended that to let you roll over, like I don't know,
1: yeah, if they threw in last year's year, points
2: for another two years or three years,
1: yeah, if they if they threw something like that in, you know, you you could understand it a bit. I think the the thing is, yes, those yeah. those dues are not just paying for staff; they're paying for the maintenance and the upkeep and everything else. I get that, but. If there are elements of that which, you know, are not being used now, or not not having to come out of those, then they should be reduced somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. No, Even if you're talking like a couple of hundred. Yeah. You can't justify them being the same this year as they were last year when you've just laid off a load of people and they've been closed.
2: Or, or increasing them even.
1: Yeah. Because the thing is, I mean, you know, the maintenance would also include things like, you know, room service, you know, not room service, like um, cleaning and, and stuff Housekeep like that. Him. Housekeeping. Housekeeping—that's mm-hmm. the word I was looking for. Which obviously won't have been going on while they were closed. No. You know, cockroaches just having a field day. Uh, I'm, you know, that, that's that's a joke. I've got no idea if any roaches live at DBC Resorts. I'm sure they don't.
0: How much did they pay for their points? Is what I'd like to know.
1: Freebies, bees, mate. Freebies. bees. Um, any other park news?
2: Or are we good to go?
0: Not from me. Um,
2: no, there's lots of lots of little bits and pieces. Um, this was the longest ever food and wine festival. I didn't realise that because they they kicked in food and wine when they opened the parks, and it's gonna yes. it's gonna finish on the twenty second of November interesting yes. but then it goes straight into another festival called the taste of the holidays so <laughs> is it is it really ending
0: <laughs> yeah and to be fair the food and wine festival when it first kicked off was flower and garden still
2: yeah yeah, yeah that's right because <laughs> we went we went two years ago in may and it was flower and garden and it and it was kind of like food and wine it wasn't much different really not complaining it was good it reminds me
1: a little bit of what they do at disneyland paris with their their food uh we don't have yeah. food and wine there, but their equivalent just seems to be all year round, and they just slightly change the name every few months. I yeah, keep it going.
0: Yeah, it gets to race weekend. You have the, like the the main one that they first set up. You get to race weekend. It then changes to the Christmas one. Then after Christmas, it becomes the winter one, mm-hmm. and then you're back into the regular one again.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Slight menu changes. That's about it. Um, Let's see. Right, in that case, let's go and have a look at what's going on outside the past because it's been a busy few weeks. After Dark
0: Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com.
1: Um,
2: let's can I borrow
1: your soapbox <laughs> bloody hell that's early go
2: for it <laughs> well it's, I, I don't really know if it is a soapbox it probably isn't a soapbox but it's certainly it's certainly bad news but the the Wolfgang Puck Express at Disney Springs is closing or closed I think it's actually closed now
1: it closed it's, it's a strange one because it closed I think the day before we recorded the last episode of this,
2: yeah, but it, it just closed,
1: yeah, and I then think... a week later the signage yeah. was removed,
2: yeah. So it's not going to reopen. It's been no. it's been confirmed that it's gone. What a bummer! I mean, that is that was a fantastic counter service option. Really good food, great menu, always busy. I don't understand it. I don't understand why that's gone. I mean, I'm sure there's some reasons for it. Maybe it wasn't as busy as I thought it was, but anytime we went in there, it was busy and it was good food and it was a great option um, is, for counter service. Is it? Is it
1: the case that Wolfgang Puck is the American equivalent to Ainsley Harriot?
2: I, I was going to say something really inappropriate there about a previous story you told us, but I'm, I'm going to.
1: In, well, in the well, interest of
2: yeah, in the interest of not being sued by his lawyers, I'm going to shut up about
1: that. Um, I'm trying to. I I think, I think it's a chain. It is a chain.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah it's definitely it a chain. Yeah, yeah. So
1: it's it's strange because the others are still open. Or, uh, you know, I I can't say they're definitely open because I don't know what the situation is. In, no, no. The,
2: the the table service at Disney Springs is still open. By... oh no
1: no what but yeah. i mean i just mean in general i mean and right. i've actually looked they've got loads uh and only have got one two three they've got about 35 locations right that are either wolfgang Puck express or uh grab and go mm-hmm. that is a different concept or the same concept but obviously changed because of covid um so the only one it that it looks like has definitely closed is that one at disney springs yeah so my my first my first thought process was is it because they've gone bankrupt or you know they've they've had to shut the entire chain or something because you know there have been some american chains did i, did I see uh sizzler has has filed for bankruptcy um like wasn't there some thing around golden corral as well I think they've yeah. sorted themselves out now. But, you know, we have seen some chains, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, either shutter down or have to cut locations. But it seems strange that it, this seems to be the only one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it seems bizarre to me, but I don't know if you guys have ever has ever eaten there, but it's, it's, it was a counter service, but it was getting close to the quality of food that you would get in some table services i mean pizza pasta you know it wasn't anything fancy but it was it was a really good option for a quick relatively inexpensive meal and if you were on the dining plan then it was a, a counter service credit and it was one of the best counter service credits from a value point of view as far as i was concerned um just seems just seems strange but there we are it is no more. Mm-hmm.
1: I never went, I wanted to, Um, I just, I I think I didn't, when I first went, the first time I went, I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who Wolfgang Puck was. So, you know, I I didn't really pay much attention to it. When I did know what it was, I kind of thought, ah, that would be a good place to go. And just never got a chance. Yeah.
0: I'm sure it went through a refurb not long ago. Because hmm. I'm sure they closed it down, and, and I've, I've got a feeling it was was changing to that grab and go,
2: right
0: name um, that Nick right. mentioned, and it, it just surprises me that they did that work and then just decided, no, nope, we're done, and mm-hmm. <laughs> that was it. Yeah.
2: Hmm. So that's that was my little um, whinge.
1: I know it's not going to make you feel much better, but what I have just found out. Is that he's got a restaurant in London. Oh. At, uh it's called Cut.
2: Okay. And it's at
1: 45 Park Lane, his first restaurant in Europe. All right. But it is a proper restaurant. Yeah. So, like, you know, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna pay. Hang okay,
2: let's have a quick look. What's the menu's like?
0: Not going in, in shorts and a theme park t shirt.
1: Well, hang on, how
2: much is Because the other one was kind of strange. I haven't been in it for a while. I don't know if it's the same, but the other one had, it had like a little grab-and-go bit, and then it had a table service, one credit table service restaurant downstairs. But then upstairs, I'm pretty sure it was a signature restaurant. So it's kind of like three parts to the same building. That's the one that's up, you know, near opposite the EMC. Mm. that Wolfgang Park. Um, but this express one was right down the other end, down near Marketplace. But uh, um, yeah, seems to have a range of different options.
1: Just looking at the steak menu, um, you can get some Japanese pure A5 Wagyu beef. Right. Um, the Philip Mignon, a six ounce, starts at £144. Ooh. Eight ounce ribeye is uh, £158. Uh, if you want Australian Wagyu, that's cheaper. That's, uh, that starts at £89. If you just want American mm-hmm. steak, then you're looking at about £48. So, so that
2: doesn't sound like a code service.
1: Uh, you're not going to get it in a row. That's for sure. That's a stake though. I mean, you know, there were cheaper, there were cheaper options, um, but I didn't want to read that. That's too, too, too funny. Yeah. Um, but it's a shame. Anytime, uh, you know, something like that goes, it, it is a shame. Um, yeah. Obviously. Um, and yeah, they could probably do more, right? More, 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 yes. more, Food at that standard at that kind of price point, it does seem to be lacking. That it did seem to stand mm-hmm. out because of that. So yeah. maybe they could open up that uh Guatemalan chicken place again. Do
2: you remember that? That doesn't the Guatemalan chicken place,
1: yeah? It, it's what replaced McDonald's.
2: All right, okay.
1: Oh, it's gonna bug me now what it was called. All I remember about it is that they they then opened one in Brighton. It lasted about three months. Right. So it didn't really take off. And I don't I can't remember how long it stayed at Disney's downtown Disney for Disney Springs. It wasn't very long, maybe a couple of years. But there you go. Um if anyone knows the answer to that chicken restaurant, uh, answers on a postcard, please. Um, Mr. Craig Lucas wanted us to discuss something which i think is probably one of the biggest uh announcements that has been made recently but not the biggest what comes out later on um and that's soul a film that we talked about quite a lot recently and in fact did we talk about the fact it about it might be going to disney plus on the last episode
2: i think we did yeah
1: yeah but we didn't well, know it. that at the time <laughs> um so craig says um, I'll be interested in people's thoughts on soul being free because I'm 99% certain that would have been the best Christmas day movie on TV for 25 years. And that everyone on the podcast would have paid to watch it with their families after Christmas dinner. Will this massively backfire? How many dollars are Disney gambling with the platform reportedly has hundred million subscribers years ahead of schedule. So is it less of a gamble? I mean, they got about half a billion coming in every month from Blackwell's got very little original content. So, is it really a loss? And will this be a potential model going forward? He thinks it will be. Mr. Um, Day, uh, you know, you're, you're you're just stepping down from the soapbox. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think?
2: Um, well, be- before a, before I comment on that, Paulo Campero hey,
1: is, your, is your Guatemalan. That's the one. Chicken well plus. Yep,
2: yeah. Google is your friend yeah so well it's a biggie in that um i mean i'm i'm really looking forward to watching soul yeah um i did see a trailer quite a while ago i haven't I haven't watched any of the latest ones i'm, I'm trying not to because i know i'm going to watch it um i think it's quite an interesting move you know um launching it for free at christmas a big movie like that or what what seems to be a big movie? Um. I just I don't know. It, it it's interesting if that if that's going to be the model for the future. It it almost puts a limit on how much you can spend on a movie. I think that's I think that's my concern. I don't know if it's a concern, but that's but that's what I'm thinking. You know because it it gone into theaters you know, depending on how well the movie does, there's, there's quite a range of possible incomes you could get from that movie as, as we've seen in the past, right? I mean, get movies that just completely smash it and they make a, you know million tens of hundreds of millions of dollars for a, for a certain production cost. But if your primary distribution model is now going to be streaming, you aren't suddenly gonna double the number of people who subscribe to your streaming service because of particular movies on there. You might get a bump, I'm sure you will, um, but but somebody's gotta do the maths and say, well, for this model, it means that you can only spend X amount of dollars when you make that movie. So it might put a cap on how much movies cost to make, even, you know, by, big movies, big blockbuster movies. And for some movies, that might not be that big of a deal, but it might it might actually change the kind of movies that get made because, you know, if you're going to make, like, a Marvel-type movie, which is really heavy CGI special effects, you've got to believe that the cost of that is going to be more than a drama where it's just people in places, you know, low on the special effects. And then it also might have an effect on, you know, could you afford an Avengers type A-list cast where you've got, you know, huge, huge salary bills for Robert Downey Jr. and you know, Scarlett Johansson and, and all these different people. So it's gonna be really interesting. I mean, the next the next five years in terms of movie making and Hollywood and it's just gonna be a a, a a big evolution, I think. Not quite sure where it's gonna go, but there's also some of the thoughts that are rattling around in my head.
1: Yeah. I, I think I think you've you've got some valid points there for sure. Um P Dubs, what about you? I think this is the second phase of testing.
0: I think they did the test with the the charge with Mulan. Yeah. They did all right. Um, I think now they're going to test releasing a new film without charging and see what kind of difference there is between viewership. If it's very similar, then I think the charge will then stick. Um, If there's quite a big difference, I think we will see varying levels of what we've already seen. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's where this is heading they haven't released a film yet this way that would, I would say would be a massive box office hit for me. Neither of these would have done as well as other films that they've released. Um, I think this is leading up to what they do with black widow and anything that's going to come after that. Um, the next story that we're going to talk about, we'll we'll delve deeper into, what their plans are but yeah i think this is still the testing phase the the app is only a year old i still don't think they know what they're doing with it in the long run um and they are still testing the waters for me
1: again valid. um yeah I can see the arguments of everything. I mean, we still don't know with Mulan how successful it's been. There's been some kind of estimates um, about how it's it's done, but there's not been anything released officially. And also, I believe in the last couple of weeks that they released it on, on other services. Yeah. So, at first, you could only watch it if you had a Disney Plus subscription and pay the upcharge. Then it became available on things like uh, iTunes to to rent as well. So, it'd be interesting. Um, Yeah. Um, So, for me, the biggest disappointment for me with Soul being moved to Disney Plus is the fact that it was Pixar's first um, animated film with a, a lead black character. I know it sounds silly, or it might sound silly, but I think with everything that's gone on this year, outside of the pandemic, so I'm talking about things like the Black Lives Matter movement, um, uh, and also losing Chadwick Boseman, I I think this would have been uh, uh, a very significant culture milestone um, to have had and it's a shame that it won't get its chance now to, um, you know, have its, its day at the cinema and the successes that come with that. Um, greedily, I'm very happy it's coming to Disney Plus and on Christmas Day because it means I've got something new and exciting to watch on Christmas Day. Um, so, you know, there, there is that. Going back to what Mr. D was saying about uh, budgets and stuff like that, um, The Irishman. That was made by Netflix. Or that was financed by Netflix. That had a budget of somewhere between 159 and 250 million dollars, and it had a very limited cinema r- run. So I don't know if you remember when that came out, but it—I it, think it debuted at cinemas about two or three weeks before it appeared on Netflix.
0: Yep. Yeah, because they were aiming for Oscar noms.
1: Yes. <laughs> And it had a very limited release, like, even in, in the UK. I know a few cinemas in, in London were showing it. There were a few uh, more specialist cinemas around the country that were showing it, but it was probably on, on less than 20 screens. Uh, you know, it didn't have a, a wide release at all. Um, you know, so, so you know, Netflix have spent the money to make these big films. And uh, what was that one? I know Pete does noticed. this. What's the one with uh, Chris Hemsworth?
0: Oh, I watched it the other day as well.
1: Yeah, it wasn't bad.
0: Yeah, it was all right. It was Chris Hemsworth playing Chris Hemsworth, but yeah, the yeah. story itself was all right for an action movie. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, that was another one they spent quite a bit of money on as well. Um, Netflix have been blind to budget. So they have proved that they're willing to spend the money to get a big budget film to their subscribers. So, Soul, its estimated budget's 150 million. Now, looking at the previous Disney Plus, you know, made for Disney Plus movies, so things like uh, Lady and the Tramp, uh, Timmy Failure, they were all made for less than 60 million. I think Lady and the Tramp might have been like 55, 59. I think Timmy Failure was about 20 or 30 million. Um, So, it, it. there is there is a, a variance, quite clearly. Um but if Disney want to uh want to you know play with the big boys like your Netflix is, they have to spend the money. So they're gonna have to, they can't just rely on cheap, low budget films. They're no. gonna have to throw some money at it. So I don't necessarily think that they will cheap out. No. Especially if Sab so is successful. And it's gonna be hard to know exactly how successful because it will tie in around about the time that the Mandalorian finishes up.
2: Yeah. It's not necessarily the cheap part, it's that it's that the revenue model is completely different, you know. Um, you're making these movies if if you aren't gonna charge for them, like Soul, you're making these movies to either keep the subscribers that you've got or bring in new subscribers.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? So it's, it's a much harder financial justification. It's a different, it is a different model. And, you know, the, the accountants aren't going to sign off on production costs, you know, for for lots of movies, like, like the whole series of Marvel movies that you know if if they can't see a return for that for that money and there's always it's going to be harder to see the return if if Oi. it's less about theater releases than it is about subscription services
1: i tell you why i disagree mm-hmm. with that although it's valid i disagree with that because especially when it comes to disney and pixar animated films is that they you know they make a lot of money on merchandise and mm-hmm. promotion so yeah. selling you know Disney don't do it but you know look at what uh, DreamWorks do you know all of their films are normally used uh, as promotional campaigns for Sky Broadband.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like at least the, the last three or four DreamWorks films have, have had some tie in with Sky Broadband, they've done special adverts for them and stuff like that and you know toys especially um, Happy Meal Promotions that kind of thing because um, bear in mind we don't I don't think we've seen a Disney promotion in the UK no. with McDonald's since the original deal ended about ten years ago. But they've started to do that again in the US of late.
0: Yeah, they're currently doing uh, Wonder Vision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier toys in the what? US. Yep. because they were and both I- due out already.
2: <laughs> wow, and that's fine. You know that that is part of the calculation around you know what what will the movie make back. It mm. isn't just you know, the cinema tickets or the in this case the subscriptions. But but they they are gonna make that. They they made that in the past and they're gonna continue to make that that part of the revenue. It's hard to say whether that will actually go up or go down. Yeah. If but... if things move to streaming, but it will still be part of the calculation.
1: Yeah, but the other thing as well is that box office receipts don't equal money back. So, and dubs, you might know this a bit more than me, but what what is the, what is the percentages? I can't remember the exact
0: exact percentages, but it's it's ridiculous. They the studios hardly get anything.
1: I think the, to start with. I, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's the first weekend. It's fifty percent, or it might be thirty percent, to the studio, and then as that film plays longer, that starts to increase in the studio's favour. Right. I'm sure that's how it works out, but yeah. but what I'm saying is, so when a Disney film opens up with a hundred million dollars, yeah, Disney's yeah. cut of that is maybe thirty million, yeah, yeah
0: uh, and sure. that's one of the reasons why they come out and say it needs to make three times its budget
1: mm-hmm.
0: because they're hardly getting anything from the cinemas, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, because I, I I you know when Tron came out and it crossed four hundred million dollars, they didn't call it a flop but it also wasn't as successful as disney wanted it to be and i was like why and they were like expecting avatar numbers I, why are they expecting avatar numbers i've got no idea um yeah. but you know that that's part of the reason why you know tron's budget was 150 million 200 million um so it doubled its its cost but that's not enough yeah so i think and, and you know so so to use that analogy when they put that on disney plus They're seeing all of that. Yeah. All of those new subscribers that are paying or those people that continue their subscription, that's all money that they are they are getting directly to them. Um and I think I think with um streaming providers, like your iTunes and you know Google Play and stuff like that, I think the cut is about 70%, 70 30. Mm -hmm. I'm sure for trolls it was 70 30. Um I was reading about. So the thing is, even there, they're getting more like per dollar than they would if it was on the big screen. Yeah, yeah sure. So yeah. I, I think I think the world is changing. I think there's going to have to be a big seismic shift when yeah. cinemas do reopen and things can't like that go back to normal. Because at the moment, this is the new normal. Watching films at home is becoming the new normal. Yeah, they are seeing actual more money coming in even if it looks less on paper they're probably seeing more of it so it is going to be more of a challenge um that kind of takes us on to the next story as well yeah Um, i just wanted to i just wanted to just wrap up on this yeah but that would have been a very good segue so watch me steamroll over your nice segue (laughs) Um, but i mean i'm really excited for it I have seen some people say that it cheapens the film by just putting it onto Disney+. Plus. I don't agree with that argument myself because it's it's getting a big push. It's coming out on Christmas Day. It is going to be a film. It's probably going to be the most watched film on Disney+, Plus on its first day. Because people generally on Christmas Day are normally with family... And will at some point sit around the TV and watch something. Now you've got the chance to watch a film that you know no one's been able to see this year because it's not had a cinema release, and people have been excited for it. So I think um, I think it's going to be huge. I really think it's going to be huge. I think the timing of it is exceptional, um, and it it will be interesting to see what happens next. But P Dubs, please tell us what yeah. is going to happen next. So we've got a couple of
0: different stories relating to kind of the same thing. So the first one, the Walt Disney Company announces strategic reorganization of its media and entertainment businesses. New structure designed to further accelerate the company's direct-to-consumer strategy in light of the rapid success of Disney+. Plus. Company's creative engines will focus on producing content for DTC as well as legacy platforms while newly centralized distribution group Will oversee commercialization and distribution of all content globally. Alan F. Horn and Alan Bergman, Peter Rice and J- James Pitaro will lead the company's three content creation groups. Karim Daniel named chairman, media and entertainment distribution, which will include the company's streaming services led by Rebecca Campbell. So, in other words, they're moving all their strategies to Disney Plus <laughs> and ignoring cinemas as much as they can by the sound of it
1: personally i think we're going to see more of a split in i i don't think i don't think they would want to necessarily but i think disney will start to do more of this kind of strategy of putting stuff on disney plus certainly but i don't think that means that they won't show things at the cinema.
0: No, I think we'll still get things at cinema, but they won't be made specifically. I think a lot of content that would have gone to the cinema will now go, let's just put it on Disney plus.
1: Well, I actually think you'll get both. I yep. think what you might end up getting is, um, so we'll use soul as example, but it might get a one week early release at cinema. Yeah. Before it comes on Disney plus or, it might be a day and date thing, so you've got the choice. Because the thing is, and we've talked about this kind of thing before. You know, there are films that we would all go and see at the cinema. Yeah. You know, we talked about Bond last time. We talked about Marvel films, Star Wars. You know, there are certain things that you would pay the money to go and watch it at a cinema. And if I had the choice, with certain films, of I could sit at home and watch it, and, or I could go to the cinema and see it at the, at the same time. Then you know it would depend on what the film is. But that doesn't just because it's there on Disney Plus doesn't mean, well, they I'm never going to cinema again. Yeah. We've got no intention, uh, I think I'm speaking for you as well, Mr. Day, of going to the cinema anytime soon with what is happening at the moment. But no. uh, if you had the option of seeing Black Widow at the cinema or on Disney Plus on the same day, what would you do?
2: Well, obviously if, if things were you know, back to normal. I'd yeah, and I'm talking, uh, yeah, so let's. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely.
1: Let, let's pretend that you know, every everyone's safe by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, I would probably be the same. I'd probably yeah. go to them and watch it, and if it was that good, come back that that night and say, right, we're going to watch Black <laughs> Widow, and I watch it with the family. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that would be that would be a smart thing because by doing that, it means that they're keeping up a relationship with the cinema chains. Should everything. Ever go pear shape with Disney Plus, which you know, I'm sure it won't do, um, but without completely alienating that yeah. as well.
0: And it seems the restructuring oh. has has given the people in charge the option of what they want to do with something, rather than the the studio going, oh, that's definitely going out in the cinema. You could get to the point where one of those studio heads will go, well, you know what, actually, let's just put it on Disney Plus. I think it's it's given them more of a freedom to, to kind of all be in that same group rather than you've got the studio, you've got Disney Plus in separate rooms. This is now everything is together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, think that's a good point. I mean let's just say I mean going back to what Craig said so there's an estimated 100 million subscribers at the moment. That will obviously fluctuate because you will have people that have it, you know, for a month or two and then cancel it and then maybe come back to it later on. But if they've got a hundred million regular subscribers, all paying $6 a month, that's $600 million they're bringing in every month. Now, okay, you've got to take away all your, your costs from that, of course. But let's just say they lose half of that. That's three hundred million dollars they're bringing in a month. That's that's two big budget films paid for in a month. So I think the risk is. I think the risk is going to be there, yeah. but, but, but a calculated risk. I, I don't think um, we'll see cheaper content. I think we'll see hopefully see better, more regular content. And you know what? Maybe it'll go the other way. Can you imagine if they flipped the switch and actually they started making lower-budget stuff aimed at the cinemas and get yeah. the big-budget stuff on Disney Plus? Hmm. Well, a and this is, it's,
0: it will help cinema in a way that, Films that we may not have seen previously because they weren't shown because these big tentpole films were taking up all the screens. Yep. You, 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 sometimes you look at the the Oscar list and you go, "Well, that was never on at my cinema. That wasn't on." But all these films that aren't on that list were playing for weeks. Yep. So in some ways, doing it like this and taking some of those those major. Major pictures out of the cinemas could work in studios' favors.
1: Yeah, good. Well, day. Yeah. Um, just a couple of quick things before we finish. That I thought I'd mention. Um, has anyone seen the uh, the announcement of the Star Wars Lego that's sorry, the Lego Star Wars holiday special? Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for this. It debuts on the on the 17th of November. If it isn't a Lego remake of the original Star Wars holiday special, I will be disappointed. I mean, that thing is pretty much unwatchable though, right? Yeah, I'll try to watch it. Give up. Right, that's what? it. I don't know anyone that's been able to manage the whole thing. I gave up. I, I couldn't watch it all. But... Uh, mm. I mean, I'm interested. To see it. I've seen a few Lego Star Wars things, and they're they're quite they're quite fun. So I'm up for that. Um, another new series actually debuts the day after November the eighteenth is uh, the Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. Now I'm not really sure what this is because it just looks like it's the Mickey Mouse shorts. Yeah, but new
2: ones. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good if it's new ones. I think the new shorts are really good.
1: Oh, I I love them. I mean, it's good job I do love them because my kids watch them every day. Mm. (laughs) My son does especially. Um, But uh, they've stated that each episode is going to be only seven minutes long. Um, There will be stories inspired by various Disney, uh, various Disney park themed lands and cameos of classic heritage characters, which again is what we've kind of seen already. In the existing ones, so I don't know. It seems it seems weird that they've they're rebranding it, but yeah, who cares? More of that stuff, please. So yeah. that's good news. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention was uh, Lucasfilm have announced their next project. They have. Who who'd have thunk it? Um, they're making an adaptation of a book which I haven't heard of before called Children of Blood and Bone
0: ah see that's not their next project
2: oh been announced Ooh.
0: today or confirmed today um that's been worked on for a while without disney's go ahead um the willow sequel series has been greenlit today
1: oh my god
0: we with warwick davis back as willow is
1: he still gonna be playing being is he still gonna play willow as a kid
0: God knows, but yeah.
1: Um, and I'm saying Ron- that not because of his height before anyone thinks it was like some kind of joke about his height. It's because the man is barely aged.
0: Yeah. Um, Ron Howard's back to executive produce, He's not directing or, or writing or anything, um, but he will executive producer.
1: Chances of uh, Val Kilmer coming back?
0: He's not been mentioned in any of the, uh, the uh, releases today, so... Oh,
1: I was gonna say sure. absolutely slim to none.
0: Yeah. Um he he struggles to work, um, sadly.
1: I mean, some people think would say he struggles to work anyway in terms of his acting. But, we say uh, that
0: the, the week that I added a Val Kilmer Batman pop to my collection.
1: Yeah, but like we're not saying Val Kilmer's always been bad. No. And I mean, look, look, Batman forever is an awful film. It's yeah. a film I love. But let's not pretend it's good.
0: Uh, yeah, to be fair, he sits next to my George Clooney Batman pop figure. So
1: Jesus Christ, <laughs> including bat nipples. Ugh, What? What kind of collection is that? <laughs> Jesus H. Right. Um. I think that will do us for this episode. Lot to take in. Mm-hmm. Uh. Go back and listen to this episode because yeah, there's a lot a lot of ground we covered in a short space of time. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for listening. Uh, like, subscribe, review. It all helps. We very much appreciate it. it appreciated it? Appreciate it. Uh, Patreons, there'll be two episodes coming early November. Um, because of school holidays and stuff, uh, things have got a bit delayed. So we apologize. But, um, yeah, there'll be two, actually maybe three episodes in early November. Uh-huh. Or so, four. Mm, I don't want to I don't want to rock the boat too much you, you potentially you're right but you know let's let's not go go all crazy there would have been another one this month had Craig bothered to watch Mulan but he still hasn't done that the
2: little git right um, you go call him a little git he's a big git he's he? a
1: very big he, git
2: he's the biggest git he is yeah. the biggest git
1: oh well there's the episode title um <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh he's gonna kill us now after we called him out last time
1: yeah he kills us all the time
2: he loves it
1: or he, or he threatens to at least um but, Pauls, thank you very much, and we will see you in a couple of weeks.
0: Cheerio.
2: Cheerio. Take Bye.